0: Hello and welcome. We are in Yerushalmi, Shami Stav Chaf Gimlam at Aleph um, in the Ozo Hunter print. And I want to talk about one specific thing today and a little bit of interesting historical, a little bit of a tangent, but interesting stuff. The Gemara here is talking about whether um, dead people know anything. Um, and the Gemara is, is very parallel to the Bavli, very fascinating, Ayin Shem and the Marsha, other Mufarsham as well, about the Ruchos that we're speaking. We find a very similar conversation and stories over here, although there are some differences, as we're always trying to notice. Not for now. Right now, I'm going to focus on chaim. Something that the Bavli says as well that the tzadikim, even when in their death, they're considered alive. How do we know it says? Hashem says to Moshe, "This is the land that I promised to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov." Lemar, and this Bav, this Yerushalmi is reading it that what does it mean? Lemar to say over. So Hashem told Moshe, "Tell the avos, his asisi everything that I." Promised them, I actually did. So, you're, when you're going to die and you're going to go up to Shemaim and you're going to talk to the Abbas, you're going to tell them that I took them out of Mitzrayim and I gave them their etc. So, there are some other Midrashim that focus on the words like the Yakov. and they seem to say that why are they being called by that name after death? It must be that they're that they're considered alive. That's very schwer because people still have a name after they're after they're alive. So I don't really understand exactly how that how those other Chazals are using that. But what we have in front of us, the Mefarshim explain very very clearly that what's going on is that you see that there's that there's an element of chayim, there's an element of life here. The way that the Mefarshim explain, you can look at the motion Moshe and, other, and others, is that the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu is going and talking to the Avos after they passed away, and telling them this information about what what's happening on Earth shows that there is some element of of life, so to speak, that these I mean, tzaddikim, even though they're they've passed away from this world, they're still alive. Now, there's a lot of discussions in Makamar and Brachos and, and here as well, and Rav Dussler brings this down. Um, based on Ravionos and Ayib, that there's a lot of contradictions in, in Chazal, even in the Gemars themselves, whether the Avos know or don't know what's going on, the one hand you're saying they know what's going on, the other hand is telling them. So the Gemar itself, in the babli itself, addresses that and says that it's Lahach Tova, meaning seemingly that they really knew what was going on, but that it was it was actually that Moshe Shiget Karsa Tov, thank you for being the Shliach of Hashem to bring them what they what what what, what Hashem promised them. Which is a beautiful Pshat, etc. But other far, like like Ryanosanabch's his whole Mahalik on the Gemar is that um a person is only as connected to this world um, I- after death as he was in this world while he was alive. So meaning a person that's that's um, very, very connected to this world. So on him, the, the, the Chazal say that, that you know, it's a makum rima of italea, that there's a certain torture that, that they'll feel from, from that. But someone who's disconnected, so they don't care and they don't know and they don't feel any pain either. So why is it that the Avos want to be connected? Because the Avos cared about their children, and so for spiritual things that they cared about, that they came out of Mitzrayim, they became a nation, they got the Torah, they they, they moved there. You know, Hashem took them to Eretz Israel, That the Avos want to know. Okay. So I want to talk about this idea of Tzadikim some Kur'in Chaim because there's a very famous and probably not so well understood, and I'm, I hope I shed some light. But you can look at it. But I, I don't claim to understand it fully. But Sever Chasidim. Let's talk about the Sefer Chasidim historically, just for a moment. So Sefer Chasidim was written by Rabbi Huda Ben Shmuel. Um, he was from Ruggensburg, which is Spire, okay, and he was born in 1140, and he died in 1217, was about 77 years old, and he's considered a Kabbalist, and he writes very, very fascinating things. The Sefer Chassidim that I'm using is the um, print by uh, Moser of Cook, which has amazing Hagos from Reuven and Margolis, which I'll quote. Today, Show. So let me just tell you a quick background. Basically, um, the Sefer Chassidim's father is Shmuel, and by the way, this sheds a lot of light because in one of his in, in his sava, he says that no one should name their children Yehuda or Shmuel, and this is very hard to understand. Like what, how, how in the world? There, remember, remember, there's a whole conversation famous known to Yehuda about whether and famous Egras whether a person should is mechiv to listen to the sava of Yehuda Chassid or everything in the Sefer. The basic idea that known posits is that it was only written for his descendants. And Ryako Kamenetsky actually explains this one. He says that since Rabbi Yehuda name was Yehuda and his father's name was Shmuel, he didn't want any of his descendants named after him. It's only for his descendants. This is a raya that it's only for his descendants because it makes sense because he didn't want them to have a pressure they had to be like their grandfather. Of course, there are many people that say the opposite, that maybe it's it's an aspirational thing, etc., but that's not for now. But that's that's just an interesting discussion about Rehuda Chassid, and there's some interesting things in the Sefer. But I want to explain like this that um, Rehuda Chassid's father, Shmuel, had three children that we know of. Rehuda Chassid was one, very famous one, ma- major Kabbalist, that he inherited from his grandfather, Clonimus, these Kisveh Kodesh with Kabbalah, and obviously passed that on. He also had a, a daughter named Golda. And she was married to Ramosha Darshan. If you know that name, you probably learned it in Rashi, where Rashi quotes this famous Ramosha Darshan. Ramosha Darshan, apparently, was a huge Kabbalist as well. And he actually was the Rebbe of Rasurachi Halevi, the Balomar. And also the Rivid, who was also I believe, the the um, the one who um, who fought against the Ramam. And the Rivad's son was Ravitsak Saginar, he was a blind Kabbalist, very, very famous in the the Kabbalistic uh, school of thought, and he was the um, Rebbe, this this like in Saginar of Rabbeinu Ezra and Rabbeinu Azriel, who are the Rabbam and Kabbalah of the Ramban. So you see, there's a lot of generations here um, of the Kabbalah of the Ramban that's coming from here. Um, there was another child also named Avram, who is also a son of Shmuel. Remember, he had Yehuda, Golda, and and Avram. Avraham from Ashpira, He was a Rebbe of Rav um, Eleazar Rokeach. Um, Eliezer Rokeach. And the Rokeach is also a very, very famous Kabbalist. Anyway, so that's a little background of Yehuda Hasid. So, we're talking about someone that lived in the uh, 12th century, uh, 1140 to 1217. Okay, so he writes in Tuf Tuf Shin tests all the way at the end, um, and it's actually an addition that might not even be part of Sefer Hasidim. It says, in this print, it even says Zehutak Mi Sefer Hasidim akher. I got this from a different one, but it's 1139 over there. So he writes that um, when a person dies it's like they're still alive their soul is still there and chazal say etc etc he explains it and then he brings a very famous gemara that says that rabbeinu that at the end of his life after, after i'm sorry after he passed away he would come back to his family it's a in that we did in Dafyomi for some of us and other madrashim as well he would come back and um he talks about how um, dead people could choose to come back in their Tachrichim or, or in clothing that they wore in their lifetime. There's some element of, of life here which is very fascinating to understand. And um, he still had some power then. And it says that he would be as a Motsi for Kiddush. He would say Kiddush which is very Shver. And the Mepharshim talk about how could a dead person He's himself the Sefer Hasidim seems to address that, although I don't really understand his answer, but he says that that's the Pshat, that, that they're Chaim, that is the Pshat, that they're still alive, a field of Misasim, a potter because they're still alive. It's Mamashallah Halach, they're alive, which is very, very wild to understand this. And the Revu um, Margalis, was a Baki Atzim, he writes that there's a famous Medrash Rabbah. Medrash Rabbah says that Rebbe, that Rabbeinu Akadosh lived in Sipori, which is his city, and he was there for 17 years, and he, he quoted the Pasach by Echi Yaakov that he lived there for, for 17 years, and he, they also lived there. And the Galamukos brings down that, and also the Ramamipano Pano brings down, that Rabbeinu Akkadush was the Nitzitz of Yaakov of and Chazal say Yaakov lo mes, the Gemara and Tain and stuff, um, Heim and Aleph. So therefore, um, that's a shot, that Rabbeinu Akkadush also lo mes, so he could also make Kiddush for his children. It's interesting that, that that's, that's the correlation between the two. And they bring down, by the way, that Ma'am HaSai Karan Shema this Ramazim brought down, how that is Muramis to Rabbeinu Akadosh's name, and Yaakov at Sipori and all these other Ramazim We'll save that for a different time. But anyway, that's the same Hasidim says that Mamash and Sadikim can be in Korean Chaim. Normally we translate that when we learn through Babli. Certainly we, you know, we like to translate that as you know, they're still alive, they're, there's a spiritual vitality to them, which is of course true. But here, this this pshat, he says it's halachic that literally he can make Kiddish and be Motzi if, b'nei Beso if if you see them. It's a phenomenal thing to think about. I and Shaman, I'm interested in your Ha'aras on that as well.